Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. talk about some other aspects of the good news um, of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last time we talked about the aspect of redemptive suffering and how, how to me, that is, at least right now in my life, that is one of the greatest uh, aspects of, of the gospel. That's one of the, the goodest news of all the good news. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, about some other ones. So I think probably the, the classic description of the good news that is, has been given at least uh, for the last you know, 50 years or so is, um, is the love of Jesus, is that God loves you, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you. Um, and this is very, very common, a very, very common line among uh, evangelicals, I think, in, in particular, that if you ask an evangelical, what is the good news? Well, uh, it's that Jesus loves me so much that he died for me, uh, John 3.16. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we might have life. But um, one of the issues with that is at least when people when that's all that people hear they hear about uh, the good news but there there is no good news without bad news <laughs> um, there's no reason for it to be good if there's if there was something that was not good before right um, and I'm not trying to say that evangelicals don't preach the bad news because they certainly do um, but at least while I was growing up as you know as a Catholic Whenever I would hear about the good news being explained in any way, like in a, in a clear way, it would be um, basically that explanation of John 3.16, that God so loved the world, he gave his only sons so that we might have life. What was not preached was the bad news, that before Jesus... There, there was no salvation, um, at least in, in a sense, right? I mean, we, we believe that the cross was, is it, it's an eternal event. So, uh, that's the reason why we say in the creed that Jesus descended into Hades, uh, which is known as, uh, Sheol in, in Hebrew which is the Abraham's bosom, the place where the righteous were held uh, before the gates of heaven were opened by Jesus' sacrifice. And that brings up another good aspect <laughs> of the good news, is uh, that the gates of heaven are opened for us by the cross of Christ, and and then subsequently by his resurrection. So when when people cite John three sixteen, 
about how, you know, Jesus dying and that we might have life, what they mean, right, is that we might have eternal life. And in certain circles, that's kind of all it is. It's eternal life. Um, especially if you come from a sort of once saved, always saved uh, kind of a background. Um, strictly speaking, what you would do in this life doesn't matter as much. Um, you're, you're not seeking any sort of um, any any sort of sanctification in this life. Uh, the focus is solely on justification and salvation without much of a concept of sanctification. Now, of course, I know there are many different outlooks upon this. Uh, there are people who believe a strict once saved, always saved sort of a view where once you go up to the altar call or whatever it is and you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're good. Even if you go out and murder 50 people, you're good. I've, I've met people that believe that. I have asked them specifically those exact questions and they told me, yes, that is what I believe. These were pastors of churches who, who answered these questions for me. So, I mean, there, there are people out there that believe this. I find it a little crazy and I know a lot of, a lot of Protestants find it crazy. Uh, but, but that is something that exists out there. That's a type of, that's a type of belief in the good news. And I would say that is, that is a, a real insidious perversion of the good news because it doesn't give true freedom to the human being. Uh, it's not that the cross of Christ gives freedom to the person. It's that it gives the person license to do what they want. And I would consider, along with the vast majority of Christians, would consider that to be a very dangerous sort of, of teaching. So that, that's an interpretation of the, of the good news that I think people should definitely shy away from and, and, and really condemn because what it allows for is for people to become incredibly presumptuous of the grace of God and of their relationship with God. It allows people to become purely presumptuous in that relationship to the point where it's easy for the human person to begin to use God uh, for the sake of this salvation that they they are proclaiming uh, to definitely receive without any doubt, okay? Or without any possibility of ever falling away, no matter what, right? So there's another um, aspect to what people consider the good news and one that I would consider illegitimate. What are some other facets of the good news. Well, one that I think is is also quite underutilized and quite forgotten, and I've talked about this quite a bit throughout this podcast um, in, in various episodes, and that is the the facet where um, the cross of Christ not only wins for us eternal life in heaven, right? But but that his resurrection wins for us uh, eternal bodily glory in the new heaven and the new earth. And and I've mentioned this quite a bit because I, I think this is this is something that people don't quite get very often within Christianity. Is that it's not just if you're a, 
you know, if you're a good person, you die, you go to heaven, and that's it. And it's you as a soul forever with God. That's how a lot of people view heaven. Um, if they have kind of a, a nominal or a cursory, cur- cursory understanding of, of, of Christianity. But it, scripture is very clear, and church and, and tradition is very, very clear, that the resurrection of the body at the end of time, after the second coming of Christ, is a key element of the gospel, of the good news. It's that not, not only do I have, you know, like, like I was talking about earlier, uh, the, the help in this life of being able to unite my sufferings to Christ, and then the help of knowing uh, in the future that uh, that I have the opportunity to, uh, you know, not go to hell, but go to heaven and be with God in the beatific vision forever. But additionally, even more so, the good news is that one day my body will be resurrected and my soul will be united to that body and I will live a glorify, in a glorified bodily existence for all of eternity. Also in the beatific vision, but, but, but not just a beatific vision in, in the spiritual sense, but in the fully bodily sense in, in that completely fulfills human nature, right? We've talked about this before. Human nature, uh, truly seen, correctly seen from, a, from a, a classical Christian point of view is that we are, uh, we are a body-soul composite in that the soul is the form of the body. And in a, in a very, in a real sense, we are not who we are if our soul is separate from our body. The reason why that state exists, where our soul is separate from our body and somehow our soul lives on, is because God holds it in existence by a miracle. But that at the end of time, after the, right after the second coming, our souls will be united to our body so that we can be truly and fully who and what we are as human beings, as glorified human beings. And we will not only be in a state as Adam and Eve um, were in the garden, but we are as they would have been glorified even further if they would have passed the initial test of which they failed, what we now know as the original sin, right? And what's beautiful, this is where the Franciscan School of Theology comes in and where the, the what's called the Franciscan Thesis of the, uh, the primacy of Christ comes in, is that, is that Christ would have become man whether Adam and Eve had sinned or not. And so, so theoretically, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, the plan of Christ could have been made manifest. The plan of, of the Holy Trinity could have been made manifest in Christ in that he would have become man, but uh, immediately in his glorified body. Or I guess it could have been he, he would have come in, uh, become incarnate in the form of, of the human nature of what Adam and Eve had uh, before the fall, and then there would have been some sort of a, a glorification um, that would have happened after they would have passed the test, right? And so, you know, maybe, maybe who, who knows? Who knows? It's 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 we're getting into theoreticals there, but um, but the beauty of that of that theory, the, that Franciscan thesis, that Franciscan theory, is that. Um, that it, I think it really showcases and and makes primary the full understanding of human nature, the full understanding of human nature, which which is what we mean um, man will be after the resurrection of the body at the end of 
that um, you know it means that the, the resurrection of the body uh, was ordained by the Holy Trinity from all of eternity, or at least you could say the, the glorification of the human body, the, the deification of the body would be willed from all of eternity, primarily in Jesus Christ, but also in, in every human being. Now, the terrifying part about the resurrection of the body is that some will be resurrection, resurrected unto glory, as St. Paul says, but others will be resurrected unto damnation. So hell will no longer be just a spiritual state of separation with God, but uh, in some way, a, a bodily reality of torment for all of eternity. That's one theory, at least. There's, there's some other theories that say those in hell would then not be reunited with their bodies. Um, and that would basically be their torment, would be not only being separated from God, but being separated from their bodies for all of eternity. And so uh, they're held in this torturous state uh, that is doubly torturous, that not only are they in the uh, unnatural state of separation of soul and body, but they're in the uh, unsupernatural state of being separated from the Holy Trinity as much as is possible. I mean, nothing can be fully separated from God without ceasing to exist. So uh, a lot of people will say that hell is um, is basically the presence of God and that the person has forever made a choice against that presence. And so being in the presence of something that you you choose not to be, that's basically hell. And the more that someone chooses uh, to be away from God, the more painful the presence of God is. And so therefore, there you get kind of those layers of hell that a lot of people talk about. And there's also like layers of glory in heaven. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about that. Other saints talk about that as well. That there are uh, kind of hierarchies of glory in heaven. Um, I think St. Therese of uh, Lisieux uh, says that some people will be like an overflowing thimble of water, a small thimble. It's full, it's overflowing, but it's just the size of a thimble. Whereas some will be um, as though a fountain is overflowing. Both are completely filled with God, but some have a larger capacity for him. And it would be the inverse in hell, basically. So, yeah, that's pretty much, that's, I think, I think that, that gives a really good understanding of, of the good news, of what the gospel is. You have um, the gospel as regards our present life, which is that um, we are to receive grace, supernatural grace, um, and have the hope of heaven, heavenly glory, and also uh, bodily glory at the end of time. But then that the suffering we do endure can be united to the cross of Christ. So, so that's that first facet, is that it's applied to our present uh, life. The second facet of the good news is that the gates of heaven were opened for us. They were opened for us, and that we can... And that we can uh, Therefore, enter into the beatific vision after death, and that and that God holds us in existence even though we're separate from our bodies. And then, thirdly, the good news, the third layer, the fullest layer, is that at the end of time, our bodies will be resurrected and be made unto Christ and His glorified body, um, and our souls will be united with our bodies. We will be fully uh, our human nature will be um, fully what it is, and that state will last into eternity. Now, of course. That all comes with the caveat of that we persevere through God, with God's grace, and through God's through God's grace that we persevere. And may we all persevere in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook. Like the Catholicism Car Channel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find me. And then I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on Anchor.fm. There's a support button there. You click on. I also have links to all this on my website's support page at www.catholicisminthecar.com.